In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Everytown Podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again, and Elizabeth Shove from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and take into his underground bunker in the woods. And we give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists. So go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. Horror films thrive on the idea that something dangerous or sinister is afoot. Whether you're in the theater amongst other moviegoers or in the comfort of your own home, that experience can be further heightened by the thought that something is off about the movie because of what else went on behind the scenes. I'm Andrew. Thanks for tuning in to Scary Mysteries today. Here are the top five strange and creepy unsolved mysteries associated with films. Number five, Dark Water. In real life, people kill for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's out of anger or spite, sometimes for money. But rarely is it a case that someone is killed just for the senseless reason of replicating the eerie events of a movie. But that's what many conspiracy theorists believe may have happened in the famous case of Elisa Lamb. In 2013, Lamb was staying at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. The 21-year-old student was reported missing on February 1st, and two weeks later, her body was discovered in the water tank on the roof of the hotel. Her death was officially ruled an accidental drowning, but the circumstances surrounding the supposed accident suggest otherwise. Days after, she was reported missing, the Los Angeles Police Department released security camera footage of her behaving very erratically in the hotel elevator and the hallway. In that video, she can be seen talking to someone, or at least appearing to talk to someone. She then walks in and out of the elevator several times as she appears to be hiding from something. And theories regarding her death have since been speculated on, and they are quite varied. 
everything from an alien abduction to something paranormal, as the Cecil is a known haunted hotel. Others suggest hallucinogenic drugs were involved, but one that really stood out is a speculation that the incident could be an attempt to reenact a movie that had come out years prior. The film in question is a 2005 horror flick called Dark Water, which is an American remake of a 2002 Japanese movie of the same name by Hideo Nakata. In it, a mother named Dahlia and her daughter Cecilia find dark water leaking from their bedroom ceiling. The two soon discover that the apartment above theirs has actually been flooded, the family who used to live there apparently left under mysterious circumstances. Dahlia investigates the situation and eventually finds the body of a little girl who once lived in that apartment. The child had been abandoned by her parents and drowned after accidentally falling into the building's water tower. Now, she roams the apartment complex as a ghost, haunting the building's occupants. Though it's a bit of a stretch, many pointed out the eerie similarities between that of Lamb's death to the details in the movie. For one, Dahlia's daughter, Cecilia, happens to have the same name as that of the infamous hotel. Not only that, Lamb's body was also discovered in a water tank, just like the girl that haunts the apartment. Moreover, dark water shows multiple scenes in which the elevator buttons in the apartment complex appear to be malfunctioning. The same as that found in the viral surveillance footage of Lamb acting strangely in the hotel elevator. Additionally, the angle by which the mother and daughter were shown in the movie strikes a resemblance as that of the infamous CCTV footage. The uncanny semblance doesn't stop there either. In the American remake, Cecilia is shown wearing a red jacket, and guess what? Lamb, when her body was recovered, was shown wearing the same kind and color of clothing. Amidst all these wild speculations, it has been pointed out that all of these are nothing but pure coincidence, although interesting nonetheless. The case of Elisa Lamb has officially been closed, but the connection found therein somehow begs attention and makes the movie Dark Water even more freaky to watch. Number 4. Poltergeist The 70s and 80s produced some of the most iconic horror movies that launched long-running franchises. Titles like Halloween and A Nightmare on Elm Street are just some of the more popular ones. And yet the movie Poltergeist gained infamy for an entirely different reason, which is not only about how scary it is to watch, but also because the film is apparently actually cursed. Written by Steven Spielberg, this 1982 flick revolves around a family who moves into a new suburban home. It doesn't take long for them to begin to notice strange things happening. And their five-year-old daughter, Carol Ann, seemed especially in tune with the freaky occurrences. It turns out menacing spirits are haunting the house after it had been built on a burial ground. At first, the interactions between the family and the spirits seem harmless, However, the true malicious nature of these beings eventually came to light when Carol Ann goes missing. Driven by desperation, her parents ask the help from an exorcist. The movie in itself is actually pretty terrifying. However, 
there are some mysterious events that happened behind the scenes that made Poltergeist one of the most cursed franchises in Hollywood. They say it all began with the decision to use an unusual set of props because in the film, the mom Diane falls into the family's pool which is filled with skeletons. As it turns out, the bones used are not fake, but are actually real skeletons of humans. The actors, including Jo Beth Williams, the one who plays Diane, didn't know that this was the case until well after filming had wrapped. And this incident supposedly kicked off the curse that befell the movie. In June of 1982, Poltergeist was released, and in November of that same year, one of the cast members... Dominique Dunn, who played Carol Ann's sister, was strangled by her abusive ex-boyfriend, and she died five days later. More deaths followed after. In Poltergeist 2, yet another cast member died of stomach cancer. Julian Beck played Kane, who was a freaky preacher. Unfortunately, he never got the chance to see himself in the film, as he passed away a few months before the sequel came out in theaters. In 1987, a year after the follow-up movie came out, another actor, Will Sampson, who you may remember from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, died of kidney failure after having post-surgery complications trying to treat his scleroderma. Even the young ones were not spared. Heather O'Rourke, the actor who played Carol Ann, unfortunately battled Crohn's disease, was rushed to the hospital in February of 1988 as she was going into septic shock. She was only 12 years old when she passed away due to heart failure while being operated on. Then it would go on to be discovered that she actually didn't have Crohn's, but an acute bowel obstruction that had it been detected could have been removed and she would have lived. She passed away months before Poltergeist 3, the final chapter of the series, was shown. While the deaths of these individuals may not necessarily be unusual, they are sad and some fans of the franchise believe that they're connected to the curse. Others, however, consider these tragedies as just but a series of terrible, unfortunate events. Number 3. Atuk While the movie Atuk isn't a horror flick, it gained infamy for its connection to multiple deaths and has since been called the killer movie, making it scarier than any script that could have been written. Based on Mordecai Rickler's 1963 novel, The Incomparable Atuk, the story follows a young Inuit poet from Baffin Island who travels to Toronto, where he found success with his work. However, Atuk soon loses his true artistic pursuit after he begins to chase the monetary value of his art, and from there, there are lessons to be learned. In 1977, director Norman Jewison commissioned screenplay writer Todd Carroll to adapt Rickler's novel for film. In this version, the main character would head to New York, though, instead of Toronto. Nothing is supposed to be horrifying about the plot, but the public soon began to take notice of its fatal nature. In 1982, after Carroll completed the script, actor and comedian John Belushi who was the writer's personal friend, was asked to take on the lead role, and he read it and was very interested. He agreed to play the part, 
and the ball got rolling on pre-production. However, shortly after that, tragedy struck in March when Belushi was found dead inside his hotel room. He died from an overdose of cocaine and heroin at just 33 years old. So production took a back seat as the writer and director knew they had something special, but it required the right person for the role. Six years later, comedian Sam Kinison was getting hot on the scene and vied for the role. Kinison accepted, and production kicked off in 1988. However, it was halted because of some creative issues. It took a few years in scheduling to be worked out, but finally in 1992, production resumed, and the star reassumed his part. However, just months later, while on his way to a comedy show, Kinnison was involved in a head-on collision with a vehicle driven by a 17-year-old drunk driver who tried to pass another car. After the crash, Kinnison appeared fine with only minor visible facial wounds. He got out of his vehicle and he sat down on the side of the road, where he soon died from internal injuries. The script then found its way to another comedic actor, John Candy, in 1993. A year later, while on vacation, Candy was found dead in his hotel room, where it was presumed that he died of a heart attack. Not only the actors, but members of the crew as well had supposedly suffered the so-called curse of a took. Screenwriter Michael O'Donohue died from a brain hemorrhage eight months after Candy's passing. Rumors said that it was the writer who actually handed the script over to Candy. By 1996, despite the string of deaths, the production company still could not take into account the possibility that the movie project could actually be cursed. That year, they found their next actor, or as others consider it, the next victim. Chris Farley, a longtime fan of John Belushi, expressed interest in playing the main role to which he was granted. In 1997, Farley was found dead in his hotel room from a drug overdose. The circumstances of his death seemed similar to that of Belushi. And like Belushi, Farley was also 33 years old when he died. Phil Hartman, Farley's friend, suffered a similar fate. He was touted to play alongside the comedian in the film, but in 1998, he would be murdered by his wife while he slept. With the deaths of these six people, many were convinced now that it took could indeed be cursed. More than 15 years of trying to get it off the ground, and each time the leads passed away. However, Carol, the film's screenwriter, insisted this could just be a mere case of unfortunate coincidences. But is it, though? A took now remains untouched, and so maybe some things are just meant to be, and as such... This should remain just written on paper. Number two, three men and a baby. Released in 1987, Three Men and a Baby features actors Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, and Ted Danson. The three are bachelors living a carefree life, but that all changes with the arrival of the child of one of the men. The movie quickly became a box office hit, and a sequel, Three Men and a Little Lady, quickly followed after. However, in the midst of all this success, there cited an on-screen blunder that brought forth a disturbing and unsettling urban legend that pervades even to this day. 
It started in the early 90s as rumors began circulating that the film had unknowingly captured an actual haunting on camera. Only, if it is in fact actually captured, then is it just a rumor or is it real? Just about an hour into the original film, viewers could see Jack, played by Danson, walking through the house with his mother cradling the baby. Eagle-eyed watchers then reported seeing something that is seriously eerie showing up on the left-hand side of the screen in the back. As the characters pass through an apartment, and one of the windows behind them, clear as day, is a human figure partially covered by the curtains. It was as if the figure was peeking through the sheer fabric, and it looked like it was a young boy and not a man. It didn't take long for the word to get out about the so-called on-screen apparition. Anyone with a VHS copy of the movie could then play it and see it for themselves. There is no question there is somebody standing there, and so theories about who it was soon followed. It was said that a boy had been killed in the house where the film was shot. According to those stories, a nine-year-old boy committed suicide by shooting himself with a shotgun at that location. This caused his grief-stricken family to abandon the property, and so this mysterious peeking figure was believed to be none other than the boy's ghost. This tale was carried through time and a number of paranormal investigative series even tackled the myth. In the midst of all the controversy, some movie buffs went on to give a rational explanation on the mysterious apparition. You see, Jack, who works as an actor in the story, is supposed to be shown appearing in a dog food commercial. Being its model, the brand made him a full-size promotional cardboard cutout, and that's what we're looking at. Jack's dog food commercial didn't make it into the movie's final cut, so we never actually see this cutout in use. It was deduced that the prop could be accidentally misplaced or left behind by the crew and showed up in the scene. Moreover, cast members, including Selleck, dismantled the urban legend by revealing that the scene wasn't even shot in a real house, but a soundstage studio. With that in mind, the ghostly legend surrounding three men and a baby is now considered debunked, and yet many still could not get over the fact that this light-hearted and feel-good classic film was once wrapped with a creepy behind-the-scenes story. Number 1. The Conqueror Some movies mark the end of an actor's career, others bankrupt studios. There are very few that outrightly end people's lives. Directed by famed filmmaker Dick Powell, The Conqueror tells the story of the life of Genghis Khan, the Mongolian warlord who would later become the emperor of the Mongols. Back in 1956, the picture was considered the most expensive project at that time, and it stars Western movie icon John Wayne, who of course plays Genghis. The Duke, as he was called, was considered a miscast for the role. However, considering his star power, the studio still pushed through with the casting and thus managed to make it a box office success. And nonetheless, The Conqueror's accusation of whitewashing continues to haunt the film to this day, And interestingly, the problem that revolves around this title is not necessarily its wrongful casting decisions, but actually where it was filmed. 
According to records, most of the movie was shot in the Escalante Desert near St. George, Utah. This location just so happens to be about 100 miles downwind from a nuclear weapon testing site where almost a dozen nuclear bombs were detonated in the 1950s. The cast, including Wayne and his co-star, the late Susan Hayward, and the rest of the crew spent a good amount of time in that area making the movie. Powell and the studio were certainly aware of the dangerous proximity between them and the testing area. However, the government assured them that there was no real threat to public health. But, if you can believe it, the government was wrong. At least, that's what the data suggests later on. Because, out of the total 220 members of the film cast and crew, both actors and behind-the-scenes personnel, 91 of them went on to develop cancer, and 21 of them unfortunately died from it. Those that perished included the director, Hayward, and other co-actors. The Duke wasn't spared either. All of them would go on to develop different types of cancer and die from the disease. Radiological health experts investigating the incident were able to link the individual cancer cases to that of the fallout radiation, which they considered as the cause. With the staggering number of victims, radiologists even went on to say that this case is nothing short of a radiation epidemic. Howard Hughes Jr., the multi-billionaire who commissioned the film, later on purchased every single copy of The Conqueror, refused to allow it to air out of guilt of what happened. Upon his death, Universal Pictures was able to get the rights to the film, but they too decided to ban its public screening. Though there's nothing really paranormal about the film, the nature of its curse lies in the fact that it claimed many lives. And this, in and of itself, makes this classic title a scary thing to watch. So there were the top five strange and creepy unsolved mysteries associated with films. If you like this episode and want even more, subscribe to us over at buzzsprout.com to show support and receive one bonus podcast every single Thursday. Link is in the description. Cancel any time. There's no commitment. Just more cool stories for you to listen to. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you guys soon.